Um, do this for me. I want you to take out your cell phone, please. I want you to take out your cell phone, and I want you to open your cell phone. And I want to I talk to you today uh, about something that's very important in the life of New City. I believe it should be important in the life of every church. Uh, and I want to I use a device that we all have access to, most of us have access to. Uh, I won't make you raise your hand. Some of you still have the flip phones. Flip phones. That's awesome. Sometimes I wish that's all I had, right? Um, but hold up your phone here, and uh, I have an iPhone, iPhone 8. I don't know what, you might have an Android or what are the, whatever, but um, what, are we, what do we call those little square things on your iPhone? We call those apps, right? And on the iPhone, um, if you were to take your finger, and actually you could do, use your nose. I was at the Chiefs game two Thursday nights ago, and a guy had gloves on in front of me, and he literally unlocked his phone with his nose. But that wasn't the weirdest thing that happened at the Chiefs game. Can I tell you the weirdest thing that happened? I'm sitting beside a friend of mine named Seth. Seth is wearing an Army Chiefs hoodie. And I look over at Seth and I'm like, bro, you have lip, lipstick all over your shoulder. He goes, yeah, the woman behind me just bit me. Don't drink. Like, just stop getting drunk, all right? Good gravy. Anyway, maybe, that's hilarious. I'm taking a selfie, and she goes, and I'm, she tried to get my picture, and I moved the camera. She said, you don't want me in your selfie? And I go, no. I'm not even trying to be kind. Like, no, get out. Of, okay, okay. So on my phone, if you take your finger, and I were to hold the icon, what do they start to do? They start to wiggle, shake, whatever you want to call it. I like the word wiggle better than shake. And when it wiggles, what can I do now to that app? I can delete it, right? And when I delete it, I can also replace it, right? I mean, right, we're, I'm not teaching anybody something new. Some of you are like, what? Yeah, yeah, right? No, but, I, but I've deleted or, and made wiggle hundreds of apps over the last 10 years. I was an early adopter. I was one of those weirdos in line when the first iPhone came out. Maybe you were too. And I've made dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens, hundreds and hundreds of apps wiggle over the last 10 years, right? Um, and I've replaced them with other things. Now, I want you to take your phone, I want you to look at it. And I want you to imagine that your phone is your church. And everything about your church at New City is much like an app. Worship is an app. Kid City curriculum is an app. What we give in the cafe is an app. The preaching and teaching is even an app. And at any time, any of those apps within the church can be replaced. Like you can make me wiggle and replace me with Lisa Nairn. Right? I'm like, you after my job this morning, Lisa, what's up? <laughs> right? But at any time, like you could, like, like we could, like, and this is how a lot of people do church. They go somewhere and then they leave because they don't like the app. They don't like the worship, they don't like the kids, they don't like the color of the carpet, they don't like something, and, and they go and they base all of their spiritual stuff on apps. And guys, I'm telling you, that is dangerous and not spiritually mature. But that's where we all start. It doesn't make you evil, it makes you human. Okay? And so this morning, what I want to share with you, and by the way, I, like, I want every app at New City to be awesome. Like, I, like this morning, I thought Curtis and Christina and, uh, and, and, and Peter and Matt and Angel, who is Christina's daughter, Christine's daughter, was seeing with her for the first time this morning. Like, I thought, I thought you guys did a great, that was a good app this morning. 
Uh, people were raising, like the testimony. Lisa stood right here, and she was the testimony app. And she's, you guys stood up. You haven't stood up for me in years, right? <laughs> you stood up for her. It was awesome. Curtis makes you stand, right? For him, when he, when he needs worship. But man, we want our apps good. Like, we want good coffee. We want, we want the stuff that we enjoy. Like, we want the But, like, all of these things could be replaced. Rather, this building is a good example. We just got a new app. You know, was it uh, two months ago we were in another facility that we all loved and appreciated? But when an opportunity came to download a new app, we made that one wiggle. Right? Hey, in good news, God's answered another prayer. Uh, Christ Community Church, who was meeting in Trail Ridge, they've taken a nine-month lease in our building and totally almost more than cut in half our expenses that we were still obligated to. So thank you, Lord, for that. I mean, to give you some perspective, some perspective, it went from a a little over $100,000 expense down to $38,000. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's awesome. God's been faithful. But that was an app that we upgraded, right? Now, the danger... The dang, I want to show you a funny video that kind of mocks how we can get so accustomed to basing our church experience on the things that we like, on our preferences. So uh, me and some friends, the Cryfels took me and my wife to hear a comedian named John Chris uh, recently. He's all over Facebook. You've probably seen this video that I'm going to show you, but he's got this awesome video on virtual church. Let's check it out, and we're going to laugh together. There we go. Uh, funny, right? Ouch. Ouch, right? There was much of my life where that was kind of how I, I wanted to go to a church and be a part of a church that I liked, that did the things that I wanted. Now, back to your phone. Those apps, you know those apps don't run your phone. You know that, right? You know what runs your phone? If you have the Apple phone, it's the iOS. And you can't make that wiggle unless you're super techie smart. Maybe you can't. I can't. Like, it's, it's in the guts of this phone. And that iOS system is what allows you to do everything that you want to do on your cell phone. If you have an Android, I don't know what that's called. But there's a brain in that that runs. At New City, right, all of the things that we would say, hey, those are fun apps and we enjoy our apps. Today I want to talk to you about, I want to talk to you about I, our, uh, iOS. I want to talk to you about the thing that runs our church, what we have chosen to build all of our apps upon. Is that good? Now, the, the automatic answer is, well, it's Jesus. Yes. Father, the Son, the Spirit, absolutely. But how is that expressed at New City Church based on the Word of God? So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about our, our iOS. So let's first start with this word disciple because I are, that's hard to say, our operating system is all built on discipleship, right? And so disciple, that word kind of gets watered down and has a lot of meaning. So let me just define it for you here at New City Church. When we say disciple, we're talking about a follower of a teacher, leader, or philosopher, Because here's the thing, we're all being influenced by somebody, by someone. Remember a few weeks ago when we talked John 15, and Jesus says, I am the true vine, and I talked about how the reason that I believe Jesus said that is because there's so many false vines out there, like there's not a person in here who is vineless. Everyone in here is attached to something that you give resources to, that you download data about, like you can talk about things, it could be politics, sports, it could be a number of things, right? But we have something that's our primary go-to vine, and Jesus says, I want to be your vine. I want to be your first priority. Am I going to watch the Chiefs tonight? You bet it. Am I going to keep up with this government shutdown? You know it. I'm curious. I'm interested, right? But the truth is, is Jesus is my primary vine because he is the one who I follow. He's my teacher. He's my leader. He's my philosopher. Does that make sense? Now, also in John 15, 8, I talked about this because this kind of builds our, our message this morning. Is Jesus on his way to the cross, conversation he's having with his disciples, says, My father is honored by this. 
John 15, 8. It says, my father is honored by this, that you, you followers, you disciples, bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples. Like, do you want to make God uh, be honored? If you want to make God happy in your life, be a person who bears the fruit and shows to the world that you are a follower of Jesus. That is how you can honor God with your life. So Jesus says that on the way to the cross, but let's ask the question, did Jesus talk about that type of thing after the cross, post-resurrection? In Christian world, we call this the Great Commission. The answer is, of course, Jesus talked about it. It's one of the last things he said to his followers. It's found in Matthew chapter 28. And this is like the, we call it the Great Commission. This is the thing, this is the battle cry that Jesus gave every disciple of his. And he says this, he says, guys, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. If you have your Bible with you this morning, this should be a scripture that's highlighted or underlined. If you're in your Bible app, this should be one of those highlighted scriptures because this is, you know, like we, have, we talk about the greatest commandment that Jesus ever gave, which was to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Last week, we talked about the, the most priority, seek first the kingdom of God. The last thing Jesus told his disciples before he ascended to the Father was, guys, go and make disciples. Like, go, like, go. Does it, like I put on here, does it say stay or go? Did Jesus say, listen, I want you just to sit around and pray all day. No, there's some action, right? There is, some, there is an activity that at some point we pray and then we walk in the directions of our prayers and we go and we make disciples. So some of us just need to be encouraged to go. You've been staying for far too long and you've had excuse after excuse and reason after reason. And now I just want to say going in 2019, maybe it's your year that you kick it out of neutral, put it into drive and go, Right? And when Jesus says go, what does he tell us to go do? Let's, like, let's not make it up. Let's read it. He says go and, what's that next word? Make. Find disciples or make disciples. That's different, right? Because when you make a disciple, you're taking something that is not yet and you're making it be something. A lot of churches are in the business, us too, of finding disciples. Disciples that hop from church to church. Man, if you've hopped to New City in the last three years, the last three weeks, the last three days, man, I want you to stay. I want you to stay and be a part of what we're doing, be a part of our mission of inspiring people to trust in and live like Jesus, to join with us as we go and make disciples. I want to give you work. I want to give you a job to do. And to make disciples, Siri's talking to me. Actually, how did I call Casey Carter? That's funny. All right. Sorry, Casey. Now, there's two things that Jesus says when we go make disciples, right? He says, go make disciples, and two things are baptizing them in the name of the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. And the second, and so um, the second one, and we're going to come back to it, is teaching them to obey. So there's two things, to baptize and to teach. And I want to share this with you, that in uh, 2000, in, in the end of 18 and into 19, I have this faith go that I'm praying that in Shawnee, that we baptize 100 people. It, is that like a logo? Did you know that church average in America is three? Three is the church average. We're going a little higher. And in faith, and so I have a prayer wall in my office, and I've already listed out one all the way through 100. So far on that board is um, 
Mallory is, Mallory's here somewhere, is Ron, and who was the other baptism that we had this year? So already the end of the year. Anyway, there's three names on it. There's Mallory right there. She's walking in. But yeah, we baptized her, right? It was great. There's 97 more to go, 97 more people that I believe that God wants to use New City Church to make into disciples by first baptizing them in to the family of God and to the relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so we're, one of the ways that we're going to do this a little more intentionally is starting in January, we are kicking off a, a uh, Rick Francis, one of our pastors, and John Schofield, a guy he's discipling, one of our future pastors, um, they are kicking off a baptism class. And so if you're curious about baptism, if you have questions about baptism, if you struggle with baptism, I would encourage you to sign up for that baptism class. Here's how you can do that this morning. You take out that Connect card that you were handed when you come in, put your name on it, put your information on it quickly, and at the bottom, write baptism class, and Rick and John are going to follow up with you. We're going to feed you, and we're going to answer your questions, and we're going to point you in the next direction, all right? Because I believe with everything in me that God's going to give us those 100 baptisms. You know that, right? Do I have to remind you about my prayers from 2018, 17 and 18, how God answered every one of them in my prayer wall, prayer journal? Like God is going to give us the people who are beginning relationships with Jesus Christ. I'm excited about that. That's our faith goal. You guys can join with me in that. Now, the second thing that Jesus says is he says that not only do you baptize people into as a disciple-making church, as a disciple-maker, but then you teach them. You teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Now, Lisa said that obedience sometimes is hard. You know your flesh? I've done this, haven't done this in a while. Go ahead and take your hand out in front of you and grab some of this flesh on your wrist. Go ahead and squeeze it. Don't grab it here. You'll feel bad about yourself. Grab it right here, right? This stuff right here will pull you in the opposite direction of God every day. This right here will get you to do what you want to do, to think what you want to think, to be who all you think you need to be. And we have to go to war against this stuff. And what we fight our flesh with is the word of God. And Jesus said, listen, church, as you go and make disciples, after you baptize them, you also have to teach them to obey everything I've commanded because it's hard to do. And so here's how we're going to do this as a church body going into 2019. You saw the Believe video before I get up to speak. We're going to go into 30 weeks of Believe. So I'm going to give you two slides, right? First slide is just simply talking about the Believe books. So we have two books. We have a book that you're going to read throughout the week. And then we have a small group book that you're going to have um, um, kind of to do uh, in a smaller group setting. So one, it's a big old book, 30-something chapters, that you're going to read a chapter a week with us on your own. And then we're encouraging everybody, next slide, to join a Believe City group. You can do that through the app or you can do that through newcitychurch.com. We have groups throughout the entire week. We have groups for singles, for couples, for men, for women, for pick something. We've got it. And we got them during the morning, we have them in the evening. We have over, I think, close to 20 groups ready and willing uh, to, to go to help you know what you believe and why you believe it. To, know what, to help you, why are we doing this? So that we can teach one another, right? So that we can lean on one another, teaching everything that Jesus commanded us to do. We're going to do this together. You have an opportunity to partner with us. Now, I've talked to several of you, not just one, but several of you, who are excited about the Believe study, but you're not excited about the Believe groups. And so I'm like, Lord, what's a scripture that deals with discipleship, that deals with the IOS of New City Church, that will help inspire everyone in this room to take a risk and get into a Believe group? And this is the scripture that I want to teach you. This is one of our core discipling scriptures. It's found in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 2. And this is where we're going to land today. And this is a good opportunity for you to maybe take, take some notes. Are you ready for this one? 2 Timothy 2, 2. This is Paul's second letter to his disciple Timothy. 
This letter comes towards the end of Paul's life. Paul writes this letter while in prison. Paul is about to die. And so Paul doesn't fill this letter with a bunch of stuff. He kind of gets right to the point. He kind of gets right to the heart of, of the issue. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, this is what uh, Paul tells Timothy. He says, Timothy, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, this is a scripture that I want you to learn. This is a scripture that doesn't matter where you come in this morning. Like, here's the deal. This is a scripture that if you will apply this to your business life, like your business relationship, your work, your work career, you will succeed. You, will be, you have a better chance at succeeding. If you will apply this scripture and how I'm about to show it to you to your relationships, your relationships have a greater success rate. And if you apply this the way that Paul intended it, in the attitude and the heart of going and making disciples, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus said, we will become a tremendous and continue to be a tremendous disciple-making church. This, this right here, I am blown away with what I'm about to show you. How many people do not do what Paul told Timothy to do? So get ready to write. I'm going to give you a picture that's going to help you explain it. In this scripture right here, there are four relationships. Let's go to the image, and we're going to use this as our teaching point for the remainder of our time together. So this is that scripture broken down. Paul is writing, and he says to you, the Timothy, or the Tammy, okay, to what? I'm going to read it here on my, my, for my notes. To what you've heard Paul, the mentor, say in the presence of many people, meaning the things that have stuck, the things that count, the things that you can point to and say, man, that's some truth. He says, hey, you, Timothy, hey, Tammy, those things that you've heard me say, I want you to take to faithful men, to faithful women, third column, who will then teach it to others. Now, every one of the rooms, can I get you to think that you are in this line, you are the Timothy, that you are the Timothy. And in your mind, I want you to kind of, don't, you don't have to do this because you'll punch somebody, but you, you have relationships both directions. You have relationships to your right, and you have relationships to your left. And the way the screen's working, I can't, I'm just going to have to use one and you guys don't, whatever, you with me? Okay. On one way, you have to have Pauls and Paulines in your life. These are people that you have given permission to speak into your life. Here is what I don't do. I do not walk around giving unsolicited advice. Oftentimes my family or a friend would say, hey, I wish you would just say this to that person. No way, they're not asking. If I've learned anything in ministry over the last 20 years is that if somebody's not asking the question, I'm not going to give a response because it goes one ear, out the other, and all of a sudden I'm the judgmental pastor dude. You with me? And so, but as a Paul, I mean, as a Timothy, I need to link arms with people that I want to be like when I grow up. As a, as a Timothy, I want to look for men and women who are I'm meeting with intentionally because they're investing in me. Paul wrote this letter to Timothy because he cared about Timothy. And when Paul wrote, Timothy's ears perked up. Paul was like E.F. Hutton to Timothy. His ears perked up, and when Paul spoke, Timothy listened. And I'm blown away by how many men and women in the church how many men and women in the marketplace don't have Pauls in their life? You think you have Pauls, but what you have are peers. And you spend all your time with people that are in the exact same mess that you're in, and you're getting around in a holy huddle, and you talk about how hard it is. I ain't got time for that. What I have time for and what I'm going to invest my time in is, man, who are the men and the women that are going to help me, teach me, guide me to look more like Jesus? Who are the men and the women, the couples that are going to help my wife? I'm standing in the back, Jen. Who are going to help her and I to love each other with the utmost respect? 
Who are the men and women that we're going to link arms with and we're going to take to dinner and to coffee and say, how do we parent? Because that's hard. Do you guys know that's hard? And I don't want to stink at it. I want, I want my kids to like me when they're teenagers. And when they're older, I want them to want to come to my house because it's Christmas. I don't want them to have to. I want them to want to. And so to say, oh, well, that's just going, no, no, no. Who am, I in, who am I saying, will you please meet with me? Will you please invest in me? Because, man, listen, I want to win. I want to win. I want to do well. As a pastor, who are the men and women that I link to, the Pauls and the Paulines in my life that say, hey, I want to be the best pastor that I can be for this church that God's blessed me with. And here's where I'm hitting my head. Here's where I'm struggling. Will you, will you, will you give me some coaching, right? And so in your life, like this, these, these relationships, these Paul, these Pauline relationships are not people that you kind of run into at Walmart. These are these relationships that are on your calendar. They're scheduled. They're marked down that you know you're going to young leaders in the room. If you would start doing this immediately in 2019, your life will be better. I'm telling you, if you will find people in your industry, find people relationally, find spiritual heroes in your life and say, I'm going to meet with them monthly and I'm going to ask them to invest in me on purpose. You will have no excuse but to get better. Man, follow Paul's thing here. Man, you need mentors. Why are we doing the believe groups? Because we know so much more because we're so much better? Not at all. But I'll tell you this. If you know 15% more than the next guy, it makes you the expert. And some of us need somebody in our life that has been there, done that, got the t-shirt, got the scars. And I'm encouraging everybody in this room to go online and sign up for a Believe City group. They're free. The books aren't, but the groups are. And go in there, read up, and prepare to discuss and share life with people who are taking time out of their busy week to invest into us, the local church. That's a good thing, right? Can we just say thank you, Lord, that we have over 20 leaders giving up nights and mornings and lunches to host Believe City groups? That's a pretty cool thing. Those are 20 new ones. Thank you, Lord, for that. That's not even counting all the discipling groups that are going from leaders who have already given up their space and their time and their life invested in men and women that they care about. Okay. Oh, sorry. Hear this? Raise your hand if your alarm is going off right now. Raise it up. There's a few of us. So a little vision moment, 10.02. Some of of my friends here at New City have have had Luke 10.2 going. Let me read Luke 10.2 to you. Turn your alarms off. I'm ready now. All right, here we go. Luke 10, chapter, chapter 10, verse 2 says this. The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Guys, we're two weeks away, three weeks away from our grand opening. Three weeks. January the 13th is when we're going live with this space. Every week, things have been getting better, get a little bit more polished. Carpet, painting, stuff's getting fixed. My mic's working this morning. Thank you, Lord, for that. Right? I mean, it's, every week we're getting better. And people are going to be coming to this church for the first time. People who are not yet. People who are pre-followers of Jesus. And I'm asking the Lord. Because, you know what? Harvest is a lot of fun. But I grew up in the South. And when it's harvest time, that's when the farmers work their tails off. They start early. They work late. Why? Because they're getting the harvest in. And God's going to bring us that. He's already bringing us. Did you know our numbers have increased by 100 people already since we've been into this facility? Thank you, Lord. All right? And people are going to be coming right? And some of them aren't going to have a a great depth of spiritual knowledge. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I'm asking the Lord to send, send people into the harvest. So you're welcome to join us to do two things. Set an alarm, 10.02 a.m. every day it goes off. 
And when your alarm goes off, just be reminded to join your pastor and your church family in praying for more workers, for people in the harvest. And also tonight at 7 o'clock, we have what we're calling the T-minus team. And right now we're T-minus three weeks. And we're looking for people who are going to partner with us. Because once that clock hits January 1, 1, 2019, man, that T-minus team is going to work. And we've got some heavy lifting to do if we're going to reach these 8,000 homes that are in our target area. 8,000, I said it right. 8,000 homes in our target area. And so I'm inviting you to partner with us tonight. You'll get home in time for the Chiefs game. I promise you. I want to watch it too. And God also made this thing called a DVR. Change your life, right? <laughs> but come out with us tonight. We meet right here at 7 p.m. We'll be out the door at 8 o'clock. Is that cool? That's going to happen tonight, T-minus, focused on Luke 10, 2. Back to the slide, all right? Here we go. What is the other direction? Faithful people. This is where you get to make disciples based on how the Pauls and Paulines in your life have invested in you. So you're attached this way to the Paul in this way to what kind of people? No, we got to say this together. What kind of people? Faithful. Faithful, not just people. Here's the deal. There are a lot of people in your life. Most of them aren't faithful. That's why this has to be spirit-led. There was something that Paul saw in Timothy where Paul said, I pick you. And in your life, when you extend that hand and you're going to extend your life and you're going to extend your time and you're going to extend your refrigerator and you're going to extend your income and you're going to extend all these things, man, you want to choose somebody who is faithful. And what do you do with them? You make them competent. You make them qualified to do the fourth thing so that they can go do for others what was done for them. Do you notice this? Church, this is, this is what we do. Like I could be replaced at any moment. The discipling culture at New City Church cannot be. And by the way, I don't plan on going anywhere. I'm kind of enjoying this gig, right? But what, yeah, thank you, Lord. But what's good, what's good is what runs this church is a church that's built on discipling, that we are being invested in, and then we're choosing to look at our congregation, to choosing to look at our ministry teams, to choosing to look into our city groups, and we're saying, okay, who are the faithful men and women in there that I'm going to invite into my life to equip them, to make them competent, not to go, wow, look how great that leader is. No, but to prepare you, to send you out so that you can do for others what somebody's done for you. Like if you ever run into Dan Sutherland at Walmart or at a cigar shop, just go give Dan Sutherland a high five because he's discipled everybody in this room. Because Dan has been somebody that's invested in me over the last 10 years of my life. And because you've been under my leadership, you've been under Dan's. If you ever see Mike Grubbs, he and his wife Carol worship with us sometimes. If you ever run into Mike Grubbs in a counseling session, just give Mike a hug and say, man, thanks for investing in our pastor because he, I, you're, Mike Grubbs is investing in you. Why? Because, man, they mentor us, you, so that we can find faithful people, making them competent to go do for others what was done for us. So here's my question to you, right? Who are you going to link up to the left? And who are you going to link up to the right? Who are you going to learn from? Who are you going to invest into? So that they will go do for others what you have done for them. If you're curious, what do I do with my life in 2019 as a follower of Jesus? What's my purpose? Your purpose, Melissa, if we can, let's go back to that first teaching slide, uh, John 15, 8. Your purpose is my Father is honored by this, that you bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples. That, that's what you focus your eyes on and as you go about business, as you go about husband and wife stuff, as you go about raising family, amongst all of that. Man, who am I investing myself in so that they can go invest in others? And that's what we do here. That's what we do here. That is what runs this church.
It's what runs this church. Everything else, we can make it wiggle. We can make it wiggle, but not our discipling. That's who we are. Amen? And look what the Lord is doing because of that. I want to pray us out. I want to invite you tomorrow night to come and worship with us for Christmas Eve. Stalling family, thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Angel, it was cool to see you up here leading worship this morning. For our guests, for our returners, man, welcome back to New City Church. Lisa, fantastic job. And, uh, man, there's a whole other crowd that's going to hear Lisa's testimony in just a few moments, so we want to pray for them too. Amen? So let's pray together at this time. Father God, would you bless us indeed? We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, would you help us to reciprocate that into the next person? God, would you help us to have ones, be bold in asking people to invest in us? Would we make the effort to get into environments where we can be invested into so that we can go do for others what has been done for us? Thank you for how you're changing lives. Father, my prayer this morning was that you would open the spiritual eyes of those who don't yet spiritually see, and that you would convict of sin, the two things that only you can do. So, Father, this morning as you're doing that, God, we give you glory and honor as we say yes to you as we go and make disciples. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Church, have an awesome day. I'll see you tomorrow night at 5 or 6.30. God bless.